shopping today and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Northside Connection podcast listeners, JT here with another episode of 9021 NOSO on the Northside Connection podcast network, breaking down one of the greatest television shows in history, Beverly Hills 90210. And of course, doing that alongside me is the Steve to my Brandon, Mr. Tim Capel. Tim, how are you? I think I was the Dylan to your Brandon in the last episode, but I'll take it because in our character rankings, which we'll get into, Steve is... It's been quite high, although this episode, let's just say, JT, they, they can't all be winners, right? <sighs> but um, we do have a very special new guest joining us for this episode. We do. Uh, what, what so I'll my, let you bring him in. One of my favorite things about doing the show is really varying up our guests, Tim, and uh, finding out just how many 90210 there are out there. Because yeah. they're, they're piling up. I've got a lot of messages. And I'll say it again for anyone who's new to listening or you're checking this out, like, Reach out if you want to be on an episode, even if you haven't really done podcasts before. Uh, but if you're a big 90210 fan or you want to dive in and check it out, I am, ha- you know, Tim and I are happy to add you to the list. Uh, we have a cool little guest list so far. Just pick it up, anyone who's interested in joining us. And that is uh, how this guest came across my radar because I was informed he was a big 90210 fan. Then I started commenting about the pod and I said, you know what? It's a good guy. We're going to get him in the fold. That is our good buddy, Mr. Drew Warlaw. Drew, how you doing? I'm uh, doing good tonight, boys. How are you? Good, good, man. Excited to have you here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excited to be here for this <laughs> true gem of an episode here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is episode four of season one. Um, but before we dive into the episode itself, uh, why don't we do this? I want to do two things. First, I want to give the previous grades of our past episodes. So, Tim, uh, we've done three so far. Uh, the first two... I gave a five and a half out of 10. And the third one, I gave a five out of 10. Where were you lying so far to this point? Yeah, kind of, kind of hovering in that same territory. I, I think the, I think the pilot has been our, our strongest mm-hmm. episode to date, which is, which is saying a lot because you sort of, um, you come into a pilot being almost more critical, uh, just because it has, has so much set up to accomplish. But, um, I, I don't know that the subsequent episodes that we've covered, the two after that, have been um, huge highlights, although they have introduced, you know, we're still in the early going, so we've gotten some character introductions. Um, but it's it's still the show sort of finding its legs. So uh, my grades weren't exactly the same as yours, but, I mean, I'm kind of right in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about this show is I think that people – even f- big fans of the show like we are really look back on and remember the broad strokes, right? Correct. The, the big things that happen, the major episodes. And you sort of don't, you sort of don't dwell on the minutia of, okay, there were 290 some odd episodes <laughs> of this series. <laughs> so um, is every single thing going to stand out in your mind? Certainly not. And certainly not in the really early goings where, you know, it is very, episodic and it's still you know the show becoming the show well and the funny thing is like i remembered the main angle of this story 
but I also uh, did not remember being this soon. Like I was actually kind of surprised when it popped up and this was the one. So uh, I, mean, I, I, I think that's kind of been uh, the case with every episode so far mm-hmm. is that because I mean, so, so, you know, JT, I email, or I messaged you right when the first episode came out and I said, hey, this is perfect. I just started my own rewatch of the show as well. So I'm going to be watching along with you guys. Um, mm. And it's like, even like the pilot episode, I didn't remember that the pilot was when that big house party was. I thought yeah. that was a little yeah. ways down the, in the season as well. So it's, it seems like every episode that's happening. So Drew, obviously you're rewatching the show now, but why don't you take a, a minute or two, like we usually do to kick off these episodes and tell us what your experience as a Beverly Hills now to an fan, when you started watching, how, you know, how often do you rewatch? Like just kind of, what is your level of fandom and when did you get in? Yeah. So I got in now I, I would catch an occasional episode, um, when it started in 1990. So I would have been six, uh, at that time. So if my parents would go out, uh, like at night or something, my sister and I, my sister's older, uh, we would kind of find it. We would try to watch like bad stuff on TV. And so we, we found 90210. Um, but I wasn't a regular watcher or anything. And then when it started, uh, running in syndication on the WB, mm-hmm. that's, that's when I got really into it. And so that would have been, um, I don't know. I don't know when that started. 90, 93, 94, 95. I don't know. It was like there. 94, 95, I want to say. Okay. It sounds like we're about the same age. I, I had largely the same experience of watching it on syndication, you know, which yeah. I've talked about as well. Yes. Yeah. And so that was like, that was the one thing that my sister and I bonded over was 90210. And it nice. was, it was on in the afternoon when my parents were at work so we could watch it free and clear. Uh, and that was, we loved it. And so that was um, the first, they, they showed through the college years. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember specifically seeing, I remember specifically the, the last episode when they graduate college. And then I think at some point they moved on past that uh, as well, but I, I don't remember specifically, but anyways, um, so I was a big fan. I, I watched all those episodes in syndication and after that, I, I had through some way or another, I ended up seeing a couple episodes after uh, the college seasons and then I fell off. And then when it came out on DVD, I got the DVDs and I ended up watching again, kind of like th- the first five or six seasons through college and uh, the season after, I think. And so I've seen those first like six seasons or so that I think this will be like my fourth time watching them now. Um, Mm. but I like, I still, I honestly, I don't know if I've seen the last episode. So I fell off and and never came back. So, Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Well, you're going to commit this time now. You're going to stick. Yeah. Stick with us. Yeah. So there's a little, Conflicting info here. So, according to the, the Wikipedia page, um, it says that various times since 1998, reruns have been in syndication. It says on FX, SoapNet, Pop. It was definitely yeah. before 98. It right, might have been as late as 96. Well, um, it's usually 100 episodes, right? Gets you to syndication. Right. Yeah. So that would and, have been, and they would always be about a season behind the right. actual 
show as it was airing. I mean, that's normal. But then they would, you know, that that's the season would wrap up on Fox and yeah, they'd add the the next season. And Mm -hmm. but I want to say it may have been as late as 96, but I'm telling you, um, the the WB and UPN both because they were they would kind of have the same programming right Right. back in the mid 90s. Yeah. And I want to say that it aired weekdays on the WB. Yeah, weekdays was WB for sure. Yeah, and then like Saturday nights on UPN. That sounds Um, right. And I think that on UPN, they started at like season four. So you figure they would have been in season six as it was airing on Fox. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't think the UPN cycle started from the beginning because it was just shown it weekly it was kind of meant to be complementing i think the the uh wb airings but anyway yeah it did bounce to to fx at some point and i remember watching episodes on fx um but it was i mean it was well before 98 that they had it in syndication yeah because they would have hit episode 100 in season four. In season four. I remember episode 100, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was probably after that season, which would have been in 94. So that, yeah. I think that lines up. That would have been probably like fall 94 when season five started. They probably fired up on, on syndication. That seems to line up with your guys' memory. That's that's, that's That sounds right. Yeah. Because yeah. my, sister, my sister graduated high school in 97 and moved out. So there, there's no way. And right. we watched it for a good like few years before then so yeah it, it had to have been around there okay all right well why don't we go ahead and dive in to episode four of season one the first time so kind of not a mental words here it's a interesting episodes we're missing a, a couple of the key players who've been in and we'll cover that as we move along this originally aired on october 25th 1990 uh, we'll cover the soundtrack later, Tim, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we missed a couple of uh, pretty pretty well-known songs in this one. There were Seems like, yeah. I think one of the most infamous ones in this episode, I, I, I remembered um, in one of the scenes what it was. So we'll see if you guys did too. But. I did too, yeah. And I, um, I will say that the replacement songs that we were sort of subjected to sort of weren't the worst in the mm. world. Um, sometimes they yeah. really mess with those. Um, they, I think they fit the mood okay. It was they were they were very generic. Yeah. Uh, like stock, you know, CBS Studios or whoever had the rights to some kind of music put it in. But yeah, there was Not, one that was like really bad. That was mm-hmm. like an obvious. Um, like there's you know, um, and there was another one that like totally sounded like an Offspring song, but it was still like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of fits, whatever, fine. But, um, yeah, you do sort of feel that, certainly in these earlier episodes. You know what's what's strange is that it actually, I'm, uh, and this is the same thing on, like, the WWE Network, for instance, is I actually don't get super bothered by the replacement music, um, I, I which is weird because I'm kind of a, a completist. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, for whatever reason, it, I wish they had the real music, but it, uh, yeah, that's where I am. I think yeah. like most things in life, I'm pretty much in the middle on the, on it. I'm yeah. like, I would like to have it. I think it'd be really cool, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it where I can't watch it. You know, like to be like, Oh, I can't. I, okay. Exactly. 
Um, I'm just kind of you'll settle for it. Yeah, kind of there. Like I'm fine. Yeah. I'm happy to just watch the show. Sometimes the songs are catchy. <laughs> um, all right, why don't we go ahead and dive in? Uh, and I thought this is actually a really timely episode uh, for me to watch this today because right off the gate. Brandon is bitching about the air quality in <laughs> California, saying mm-hmm. the air quality index, he's sick of monitoring it, you got earthquakes, he's oh. kind of missing Minnesota hard, and uh, today, where I live, we actually had um, really poor air quality alert because of the Western Canadian wildfires and right. the smoke and the, um, that was blowing in, it was like a, a orange kind of fog haze all over it today, uh, and it was kind of funny when he was saying that, I was like monitoring it, Um <laughs> The air as well, so it was it was kind of funny. Uh, well, that, so so along that those same lines is my wife watched the, this episode with me, as she's doing the watch along the rewatch with me too. But just before this, we we had had this very long, very serious conversation because we live in Southern California about about moving out of the state, and we brought up some of those same exact issues. And he, talked, it's like the air quality. He talked about like, oh, you know, the leaves, they don't turn colors. They're just <laughs> always brown and not like a healthy brown, but just this disgusting, <laughs> sick brown. <laughs> it's like we were saying those same things. It's, uh, you know, and that was 1990. So 1990. Yeah. yeah that, some things never change. change. Well, if you're looking to move to Minneapolis, you can go roll reversal with Brennan Walsh. There you go. God. Uh, all right, so mm. we get our another kind of through line here, Tim, that we've been following is the treatment of Brenda versus Brandon. Oh, uh, yeah. We get a little bit of a hint here when Brenda says, uh, when the phone rings, and Brenda says Jim gets mad when they get calls after 11 p.m. But because it's Brandon's Minneapolis ex girlfriend, Cheryl, Jim seems kind of happy. He's like, he's oh, okay. all into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we kind of get the, you know, fun family montage of Brandon going from door to door, kind of shutting it. They're peeping down the hallway, kind of you know, ear against the door, trying to hear a Brandon and Cheryl talking about. Now, look, JT, Drew, I don't know how it was done in your households growing up, but I, I just have written down how in the hell is Cheryl from Minnesota just popping in for like this overnight trip, mm-hmm. not just a visit, an overnight trip without clearing it with the Walshes? I, it, say nothing to say nothing about her own family situation which is sure. a whole thing but right. we find out later but it's yeah not, it's like this thinking, is not even yeah. been cleared with the walsh's at like they're as surprised as brandon is and it's just like oh okay oh sure see her tomorrow you know like <laughs> and she's what also calling this? it like 2 a.m her time yeah <laughs> right. or i guess 1 a.m because it would miss us probably in the central time zone so it was like you know whatever either way they're saying it's after 11 in california right so. it would have been even later for her i feel like they i feel like they fucked that up where they they thought it was earlier or something yeah right but, right and they were calling out there i think uh, so. but um you know even if you're willing to let that one slide how is this i mean jim sure but cindy is obviously gonna have um a lot of opinions <laughs> about this and she's just like oh okay yeah your ex-girlfriend is staying for the weekend like would that have flown in your house jt um i don't know because i never moved cross country and like mm-hmm. i feel like maybe if i had a close friend that was like last minute wanted to come and i was kind of homesick like maybe you know mm-hmm. uh like just regularly i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure um you're 16 you've never gotten laid and it's your ex-girlfriend how about that yeah <laughs> I guess it depends if they like the ex-girlfriend or not. I mean, it's a lot. In 1990 at that. 
were you guys like phone hiders or were you like because i had i know people that were like Mm. like would just sit out in like the kitchen and living room like in front of their family and talk on the phone no no way yeah i i was definitely like i'd be on the corded phone laying on the bathroom floor the bathroom door shut talking Yeah, and, I mean, I was talking to installations. So I was probably breaking down, you know, for somebody at nine. But I was like, lucky in some respects in that I I had a largely absentee um, uh, single mother. Not her fault; she had to work. But um, it tended to not be a problem when I needed privacy. I'll put it that way. <laughs> a lot of time. I did own the um the the phone in my bedroom, which I don't know why I didn't always use. I think it was just kind of you kind of mm-hmm. wanted to be around people, but not in front of them but i owned one of those like clear phones with like you could see like the gears inside of it i can oh, picture yeah. Yeah. very cool mm-hmm. I had one of those. did you have your own phone number no oh um, and i want to mention that later because there's a throwaway yeah. line later that popped up for me that i wanted to bring that actual same point up but i did not have my yeah. own line uh it was interesting though because for a while in rhode island and it's such a small state there was actually two area codes like i would call a friend hmm. of mine and she didn't like, I mean, I could get in the car right now and be at her old house in like less than 20 minutes. And it was a long distance call. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Until you're like, just right on the line then or something, right? Yeah. So, it's like 98, yeah. 99. It was weird because again, it's such a tiny state, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it was odd. Uh, anyway. So uh, Cheryl's on her way. She's coming on Friday to uh, visit Callie. So we get to school and Andrea's probing Brandon because he says, hey, can you get someone to cover the football game? I'm not going to make it. And so I think we're getting some more hints there. We haven't seen it really explored yet, but Andrea's definitely kind of perked up when she hears that Brandon ex- ex-girl is coming into town. She probably perked down when he mispronounced her name, Andre- Andrea, not Andrea. Andrea. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, the one of the one of the strongest early examples of the kind of sexual tension between uh, Andrea and Brendan here. Brendan, Brandon, excuse me. Yeah, it's it's starting to seep in. We've seen a little here and there, but it's, yeah. uh, it feels like maybe the truck has moved a little bit faster now with these two. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we get algebra Matt. How I dubbed in my notes is Matt the algebra teacher. Algebra Matt. <laughs> algebra Matt. <laughs> he's uh, kind of seems like he's flirting a bit with Brenda. Uh, kind of, you know, heard Donna and Kelly are walking in the hall, and he's like, "Oh, the class won't be the same without you." Mm. And um, this is a resurfacing of Donna as well, because we ha- we didn't see her, I don't think, in the last episode. So <laughs> right. Uh, and, and as they're coming around the corner, they're kind of giggling to each other, and Kelly whispers, "That's so disgusting," in in like mm-hmm. a giggly voice. And it's. What do you think they're that, Yeah, what in the world could they have said about the algebra teacher that is disgusting? <laughs> Maybe what Brenda wants to do to him. Well, yeah, but you know that's. Oh, it could just be that she's like be? likes an older man, maybe, and Kelly's just like. Yeah, gross, there you, you know? go. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Could be, like could that. be a dad kind of thing. Again, foreshadowing here. We've seen this a couple times though already in the series. Uh, kind of the idea of the the flirtatious older teacher and the kids. Yeah. Uh, into him. And we'll see it in times to come as well. It is definitely a running theme uh, for sure on this show, usually with yeah. her brother, but um, there as well. So we, we get again, Andrea being kind of a nosy, nosy, rosy stalker, uh, really way too into Brandon and Cheryl dynamics, right? Are you nervous? Are you anxiety? You want to get to the anxiety <laughs> out? She says to him in an awkward way. And then so do we yeah. think that, do we think that the show is setting up, 
the viewers to be like, oh, we want you to be on board with a, a Brandon Andrea ship. Like we, yes. that's our end game. You know, we want to, we're, we're going to build to that. Do we think that they've, they've done that this early on? Yeah, I, maybe a little, because I actually feel like indirectly by presenting Cheryl and even the first episode, right. With, um, never remember her name. What was her name? The Marion. Brandon is already showing trends of bucking the trend of being into like the typical Beverly Hills blonde, mm. right? Other than that mm. one little Kelly's cute comment, right? Um, sure, sure. Like even here, he's like, she's not like these other girls, right? She's, you know, kind of girl next door kind of thing, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. um, that I feel like they're maybe setting up for, you know, Brandon and Andrea that way, right? That he's into more perhaps the intellectual down home type versus like the typical Beverly Hills blonde. Yeah. And we're like not supposed to see it coming, but we're also totally supposed to see it coming at the same time. Right. Right. Um, plus Andrea is more, is like more of a character than Kelly or certainly Donna is at this point. Um, you know, second to Brenda as, the women on this show like you know it's interesting seeing early andrea brandon dynamics yep yeah all right also weird is uh dylan's plaid pajama pants oh my god <laughs> so i if Shocking. It's like it, I, I guess they're like zubiz or, or like hammer pants right but yeah it looked like initially like pajama pants like you'd wear today oh, yeah. like that was what they looked like but then they show the bottom they kind of had like the tight Bottom. They're they're uh, elastic, yeah. We yeah, we so. called them in in my town. We called them bastard pants. Oh, bastard pants. So, is that for kids without dads to wear them? Well, Dylan, I mean, I guess yeah. yeah that's true. He fits it. Uh, yeah, I just thought they were like like MC Hammer pants, you know. Basically. I mean, yeah. look, I I definitely had that written down for our fashion category was. Dylan wearing straight up pajama. I mean, it's not just the the uh, pajama pants. It's the the white t shirt. Um, I mean, just plain white t shirt. He has over top. It's like he literally looks like he just rolled out of bed. Right, right. Other I'm than the hair, that. of course. Miss uh, And then David. This is actually one of the funny parts of the episode too. So David comes in and he's like, "Hey, I heard. <laughs> we, we, you know, we. Uh, so this is where we there. Like, we don't mm-hmm. see Steve this whole episode, which is depressing because he's better. Which, yeah, episode. what a bummer. Yeah. But he does apparently immediately within hours tell David, um, who I guess they're close enough to him to tell him this now. Um, that he tells Word David that Brandon's ex is coming into town. So David happens upon Brandon and he's like, hey, I heard your ex is coming to town. And he tells this long fucking story about a long distance relationship. With a 12 year old. Brandon just would rather be anywhere else in the fucking world. And mm. it ends with that the girl never came. Um, yeah, because she and, got strep throat. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "See, I work for nothing." And Brandon's like, "Fuck off!" And what, <laughs> but it reminded me of Seinfeld when Kramer tells a story about the pants, and he ruins the, you know, ruining the very pants. I was the about very to pants. <laughs> so right. like, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" Or Peterman, whoever he's telling it to. Uh, I think it's Peter. He's like, "What are you gonna wear on the way back?" He's like, "You didn't hear it. Like, I never made it." <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, it like doesn't even matter, right? Like I never made it matter. to the store, and that's his point. That's his right. point, you know. It doesn't like, matter what what I was gonna wear back because I didn't make it to the store. So David's point is, don't worry because she may not even show up. And the most amazing part about this is, 
this is Brandon's first real conversation with David. Yes. yes. He kind of introduces himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and so you get uh, Brandon trying to be cordial. You know, it's not like he's totally blowing him off, but he he like you said, he wants to be anywhere else. So it's it's this really funny dynamic. And David, we see him again trying to get in with the gang, uh, and his like his comedic timing is really strong. I I didn't remember mm-hmm. David being as as good and funny as he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's been pretty great so far. I don't uh, think that's probably why they keep him around and, and sped him up to be part of the actual cat. Like, cause early on, it definitely felt like him and Scott were going to kind of be like side players. Yes. Yep. Um, but I'm guessing like he was good enough that they were like, fuck, like we're going to make this, you know, keep this kid around. He's actually yeah. pretty good. Cause he, yeah, I mean, he's really good and he kind of, he kind of steals the scenes when he's on screen a lot of times. Um, yeah. And he's got and such good, been our favorite, exactly. Like, yeah, he's got such great chemistry with everybody. Also, great '90s look on David, uh, mm-hmm. the giant button-up fish shirt, uh, the the like blow-dried bowl cut, and <laughs> the headphones, the yeah. the wiry, thin headphones around his neck. I think we're gonna find David to be the most in style of every year as we go, Tim. I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at the end agree. of every season, we'll do some class superlatives. I think David will probably win. Most uh, stylish. Best. Yeah, him and Kelly, yeah. I'm guessing. Will be the two. Best dancer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, best rapper. All right, so Cheryl shows up early. And uh, this is another, like, early 90s. Sorry, just, oh, yeah, I just took an earlier flight. Like, just showed up to the, like, now and forget it. And she's there at the house somehow, yeah. It's just like a giant rigmarole to get on a different flight now. But back then, it's like, oh, you want to get on this flight instead? Sure. I'll just go there instead of where I'm supposed to go. Um, so that happens and then everyone's kind of, the talking point is a lot of weather talk in this episode. So, oh, it's so hot November. So I, I couldn't believe it. Like that was kind of a funny running thing. Um, so this is where we kind of then dovetail into Brandon. Um, and I guess, was it earlier in the episode? I, I guess I didn't mark it down. It was earlier when he's talking to Dylan, um, yeah, okay, I missed this earlier. So Dylan uh, playing with the robot was funny because like they're still yes, trying to play up. He's like a smart clock, guy, in right? The of right. And he's kind of showing a softer side, but in there, Brandon kind of hints that him and Cheryl never got it on, right? He's because mm-hmm. Dylan's like, well, you know, when you sleep together, right? And Brandon's kind of like, ah, you know, they, but they don't really explore it. So they they kind of play that out here, right? Where Brandon. He seems a little wishy-washy about her coming. Then she gets there, and he's he's clearly kind of heated for her again as soon as she comes in. And he really wants to get it in, right? He's like, he yeah. shows up in the sh- when she gets out of the shower. He's like, come by it, you know, want to come by in an hour, sneak in. And she's like, ah, I don't want to piss off your parents, kind of thing. Well, well and, and is Dylan well. is yeah. Well, and Dylan can't register his disappointment because he wants to be Brandon's first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. As, as we. As we've discussed, but I mean, he's the ultra cool guy, plays it straight, you know, like, but, um, you know, yeah. So, but Cindy, even earlier than that's kind of cock blocking Brandon, right? Like they're making oh, out yeah. room and she goes barreling in, uh, you know, just let him get it in. What are you, like, what are you doing? Like, she's, you know, just sticking her nose in. She yeah. is being pretty obnoxious this episode. Oh, I, I couldn't stand her in this episode. Uh, so then you get Jim kind of speculating if Cheryl's going to do a little midnight creep to the house, right? He kind of throws that out there. He really does. And yeah, and we're getting the double standard, right? With Brandon and Brenda, how he treats mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And he's got this kind of 
little smirk on his face every <laughs> time he talks about uh, Cheryl or and Brand and Brandon. Like I don't know, he's kind of living vicariously he, through Brandon. Or do you think he's into her? Well, a, well maybe. I, I think he's just really into his 16 year old son fucking his out of state girlfriend. That, that's what it is. Yeah, that's right. a proud father kind of he's, thing. He's and, proud. Yeah. But then and, Cindy uh, calls it out. She's like, what if that was Brenda, you know? I know. It even comes up. Exactly. The double standard even comes up. And he, he completely, he just, well, she doesn't have a boyfriend. Right, like, yeah. It's so not answering the question. Yeah, you know? It's like, whatever. Like, obviously, it doesn't give a fuck. Does so, not give a fuck. Brandon puts the hard press on Cheryl. Um, you know, he's, like, breaking out all the lines, right? But, you know, make us closer. This is the perfect time. You know, everything you can to, to, to get her in there. Cheryl um, is supposed to be sleeping in Brenda's room um, on a pullout mattress. It looked like I don't like a fold, in. like a fold down. Yeah. I was like, where did they where did that come from? It's like it's not like there's a couch in Brenda's room that pulls out or uh, maybe Jim got it online like he got his windsuit. Picked it up on the way home. <laughs> Well, she does get that bench, right? Because that plays into later episodes. So maybe that, yeah, like, maybe there's a concussion on there. That they jump and into a bed. I love <laughs> the bench is a secret hideaway bed. Um, so yeah, God only knows what Brenda is doing while Cheryl is. Well, she's sleeping because they do show it. Brenda's like out cold. Yeah, I guess. It almost looked like they were actually in the same bed though. Like in that scene, oh, like it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Because they um, definitely make a point of showing the hide bed And it's just, but, I don't, yeah. It's, again, the continuity on some of these episodes is sort of, like, oh, they didn't care that much. And they aren't meant to withstand this much scrutiny. Right. <laughs> well, and it's super creepy when um, you kind of hear the door open for Cheryl. And Cindy shoots up. Like, yeah. her head shoots up. She's looking all around in the room. But they're kind of doing it to music, so it was just like really over dramatic the way she did yeah. it. Like uh-huh. she looked like a fucking giraffe, like her head coming out of the water, <laughs> like her like a lion coming, like her head flew out. And it's like Cindy has some kind of spidey sense to like detect her teenage children fucking. Like it's just I don't know, like it's a mother's intuition. Uh-huh. Right, and she doesn't doesn't want it. I think part of it too was like the. You know, maybe it's disrespectful to Cheryl's family. You know, like whatever. She's on their watch, and I, like, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's fair enough that she <laughs> she has concerns about her sixteen year old and uh, the ex girlfriend. You know, yeah, things yeah. in another room. But, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's it's uh, strange. Yeah. So Cheryl makes the move uh, into the room, and then she's hassling Jim. Jim's like, just let him go. Um, and then Brandon, <laughs> Brandon's still going heavy on the lines. Like he's there, like in the room in that moment, he's still like, "Fucking, mm. let's go!" And he finally she gives in, right? And then we get the, you know, do you have protection? Like it's 1990. Oh my god! So we're gonna make sure yeah. we know they're not passing yeah. around. And so then he's like, "Of course, I just don't have anyone to ever protect." <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> let's line. just say we have we have a best quote category. So. Oh god, that's uh, yeah. Really- um, and so Jim, Jim's like, yeah, I'll talk to her tomorrow. And she's like, well, like what, ha- what happens? He's like, well, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> like, like there's no, like Jim knows, right? Like, yeah, he knows. They're definitely he knows gonna what's up. Like, you know, it's like, he's, there's no benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, and Cindy is stressing. Like she can't even sleep. She's like, uh, but, but oh she, God. but she won't actually do anything about it. That's what's so annoying is she, right. she, she doesn't actually like, 
If she's going to stress out, why doesn't she just go and yeah, stop like, it? Yeah, like, if she's so principled, but won't, like, it, it just makes her look like a dingbat, you know? Like, she, especially yeah. coming off of the, the episode before this that we covered with her and Brenda having, like, these intense mother-daughter issues and, like, bringing up, like, a lot of kind of deep-seated stuff and seeing a pretty good performance from uh, Carol Potter in this series. And now she's just, like... The dumb mom who feels old because her kids are fucking now kind of thing. Like, right. it seems to be her issue. It's just so, like, kind of does her character a disservice. No, a she's, the last two have not not been good for her. And Jim is kind of rotating around the other way where he's mm-hmm. kind of coming off as much more cool. And he was kind of uptight in the first couple. And he was, yeah, he was the uptight parent earlier. Yep. It's a real uh, chill ma situation here with Sydney. It's like just, uh, you know, look, it's going to happen whether you're going there or not. So. Did you guys think, though, given that last episode, Tim, if you recall, Andrew, since you watched it, when they were on the couch being creepy and like they really played up that Jim and Cindy are also kind of sexually active, right? Like, like, Ooh, yeah. each other. did you think I was waiting for it when Cindy goes, how am I going to fall asleep now? And they waited that. Yes. I definitely thought Jim was going to like, like, well, I can keep you busy. And they were going to both like be fucking at the same time. Yes, I had that in my notes. I had that written down that, that you were waiting for that to happen. And it just, it just never, never did. Yeah, I, I mm. definitely thought that's what he was going to make his move to. Yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, we kind of get that knowing glance from Jim, I feel like. Which right, is, right. You know. Like, well, I'll be, I can put you to sleep. Uh, <laughs> so... The this next morning, we, we kind of get an all-timer scene. Is Brandon blasting the jazz and celebrating and bopping around his room, like clearly having, you know, gotten his first uh, sexual mm-hmm. interaction. And uh, the real song used here is In the Mood. So that's the one I, I remembered um, by Glenn Miller. Right. And uh, it's just some kind of dubbed jazz, which wasn't too far off. But that's that's definitely kind of the infamous one where he's blasting the music. Yeah. And roll it around right on his chair. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows right away. He's peacocking around the house, juggling you know. oranges and whatnot. Like, yeah, he made he made like fresh squeezed orange juice <laughs> or something. <laughs> and Cindy and Jimmy, like, they basically said, "Well, you know, no benefit of the doubt anymore, right?" Like, I mean, uh, and Jim's still like, "Well, who knows for sure, right?" Maybe he's just in a good mood, right? Kind of. Thing. Yeah, with that smirk, he's got that smirk yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows what's going on. He's he's feeling good. Um, yeah, that's so he's what's up. The house. And then we get what I thought was probably the most pointless scene. Brandon and Cheryl driving around uh, Beverly Hills in the car, like looking at different um, houses and oh, yeah. celebrities. Like this feel like a real time killer. And this story starts to get a little angry. I'm like, you know, we could have like a Steve scene in here somewhere. Like yeah. it really felt like they're freezing out the other cast in this episode more so than normal. And we're like, we're getting shit like this that didn't really need to happen. Well, I mean, ima- imagine if we would have gotten a Brandon, like, you know, Steve, Steve's in the know. He knows everything. So somehow right. he finds out that they had sex and right. then he comes up to Brandon and he's, he's all interested and he wants the details and all that. That would have been right. great. Give us that. Or David. <laughs> Steve tells David. Or David, David. yeah. But, well, you know, it's, yeah. Oh, it's uh, funny. Just real quick it, about that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So that, that scene, um, First of all, very very blurry photographs that yeah, Cheryl mm-hmm. was taking, but mm-hmm. uh, but also it it uh, it's an example of something that you see in the early seasons where the the tone feels they're they're still trying to find the rhythm and the tone of the show, so it like she's uh, comedically hanging her whole body out the window taking pictures right. 
of you know, these houses, and it, it's an example. They they'll do this throughout the the early seasons where there's these very goofy little yeah. scenes that don't really fit with like the, nobody everything else. Does these yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really just um, a way to get them to Dylan in the end. At the well, and it's it's also when you listen to if you ever listen to like interviews with the uh, the writers, the producers on the show today, like um, there's there's like a a YouTube show that is with uh, Charles Rosson, who you'll see is like a, an executive mm-hmm. producer on the first like five or six seasons. And, you know, Darren Starr, who's like a co-creator of the show that they'll basically say, oh, yeah, stuff like this was just we we would love doing these extended montages and pickup shots because it was just like less content that we had to produce. You know, (laughs) when you're doing 30 fucking episodes a season, you're like you're you're killing for any opportunity to just throw fluff out there without having to actually write to the scene or to do anything of consequence. Just have something silly like this that, you know, is just a time filler. That's exactly what it was. And they're very transparent about it. Um, when they talk about it today, it, it, it's pretty funny, but it does stand out to, to your point, JT. So we get that. We go to Dylan at the Balage, uh, and they're eating at lunch, you know, eating lunch. And Brandon's still kind of putting the press on even before he shows up. He's like, kind of, Oh, that was amazing. That was great. You know, he's positioning for number two, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Already. Dylan, uh, you know, he's a good wingman, right? Because Brandon kind of, you know, Dylan's putting him over right away. Mm-hmm. And I know it goes sideways quickly from here. But at this point, he's like, you know, oh, Brandon told me a lot about you and you're great and this and that. So he like immediately steps right in and is trying to help his buddy out here. And we see we see yet again, like uh, he's a little bit more mature than everybody else he's really cool he's you know he's living on his own so he's he he always presents himself that he's got it all figured out and he knows just what to say at the right time yeah and this is a bit of a miscalculation i feel on brandon's part because number one um he's basically inviting a third wheel situation which is awkward for anyone like when you're with your significant other especially at like a you know, a sit down lunch, dinner, whatever it is. I mean, granted, yes, Dylan lives there, but I don't know, dude, maybe have your meal and then go up and visit him like somewhere else, like in his room or something. Be like, Hey, this is my friend. He lives here. Isn't that cool? Kind of thing. Like it's definitely like, "Mm, you kind of didn't think that one through. Uh, Number two is it's Dylan. So (laughs) Even in a third wheel situation, (laughs) Dylan is going to kind of own the room, you know, like just because that's who he is without without trying. He can turn a very uncool situation into being the coolest guy in the room. Yeah, and and he stands out immediately and you can see why she's kind of like like she's looking for stars. She's looking for the Cali experience. And like, here's the California bad boy. All of a sudden plop. Uh, she found it. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and he kind of, he kind of name drops like, Oh yeah, I know a couple, a couple celebrities, they're family friends and that kind of thing. All right. We can go to this club. They'll be there. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. What's it called? Contact. Yeah. Contact. Contact. Great name. <laughs> We've had some good club names so far. I was kind of hoping it'd be another, um, visit to, what was it? The blue, the blue parrot. The blue iguana, um, something like that. 
But um, yeah, no, another great club name here. Nitro. Well, Nitro. There was we had Nitro. The look good restaurant in the Nitro store last episode. Yeah, the Nitro store and the yeah, look good restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no, club contact. Um, so when we go back home and and she's kind of prepping, Cheryl's prepping to go out. We kind of get the early Brenda seeds too, with a little Dylan curiosity, right? She's like, oh, mm. you're going with Dylan, huh? You know, he's like, kind of, yeah. what's he like? So we're getting that there. We got Cindy, you know, does not want this shit going down at our house at all. <laughs> it's still freaking out. Jim's dodging this sex conversation as much as he can. I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I can. Um, you know, and then he's about to finally do it. And Brandon, they got to leave. They got to go into Dylan's car to go to Club Contact. To Contact, yeah. Is, it, is, it, is that a little strange given how – I mean, Jim's like – he's into this and he knows what Brandon is up to, but he doesn't really want to talk to him about it, and he's yeah. kind of putting it off. Does, does that totally – does that kind of feel weird to you guys at all? No, I think he's, he's – like Tim said, he's kind of low-key proud of his son. Yeah, he knows so he's just kind of letting do, it happen. Right, guys are going to – it just what it is, right? And yeah, he, I think he's just hoping it'll blow over. She'll leave, and he can forget about it. Never have to have the conversation, right? Yeah, there I, you well, go. I th- yeah, and I think you know, I kind of did think that along the same lines, but I mean, we're not there yet. But I feel like there's an upcoming episode that where they actually acknowledge. Like we had the birds and the bees talk when oh, you. Oh, it's later. It's later. It's, it's later. Yeah, it's at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Says it. So they've already kind of yeah. had a baseline discussion. I so think what City wanted more. That they had the the conversation, so it's not like, you know, this right, is all just. Happened. Well, and know. Cindy kind of says it here. She's like, I, I'm not worried about them fucking. Basically, it's more like, under our a roof. She's our with guest. This girl that we're supposed to be yeah. responsible for. You know, that's like seems to be her bigger issue, right? Like, not here, not now. For God's sakes, Jim, we can't send her home pregnant. <laughs> I mean, what is her, you know, like. Um, so we get some of the early cracks potentially with Brandon's jealousy with Dylan because Cheryl wants to drive in Dylan's convertible and not in, you know, Brandon's shitbox Grand Prix. Uh, and, you know, she's like, I'll go with Dylan, you, you take Brenda because Brandon's going to take Brenda to Algebra Math, uh, Matt's house. Because he had asked her to babysit. So she's going to go there and babysit his asshole kids. And <laughs> Great B-plot. Yeah. But here, like, here's what I didn't understand logistically. So can Brenda mm. not drive yet? She doesn't have her license? She does. Yeah, she cannot drive yet. So she can't take the car. So Brandon's going to drive her. So here's what I don't get. Like, why can't they all go in Brandon's car? Mm. Or why can't Dylan drop? Because it's clear that Brandon wasn't going to pick her up. Right? Because she has right. She gets a ride. Right. And it's not because he didn't know show or anything. It's not like she's freaking out. Like it seemed to be the plan all along that Kelly and Donna would go pick her up after the babysitting gig. Mm-hmm. So I don't get why Dylan, why they couldn't all just go in Dylan's car and Dylan just drop her off on the way to the club. Like exactly. it was this another kind of odd decision here that Brandon had to take his car and go separately to the club from them. Yeah. I guess maybe the awkwardness of, well, I mean, it, it wouldn't matter, you know, four people in Dylan's car. I mean, they're going to offload Brenda at some point. Just yeah. does, does, does he basically not? have Dylan chauffeur, Brandon and Cheryl in the back seat. It's fine, you know, like. Yeah. D- does he have a back seat in the car? It looked like. Okay. I think so. Porsche. I think I mean, multiple, more than one person in there. Before. I mean, I don't think it's a four-door, but it looks like he does, you know, have. It, it's maybe kind of. Um, 
kind of a pinch, but yeah, uh, they, they but they could do it. They're teenagers. Yeah. Or just go on Brandon's car. Sure. They don't have to take the convertible. You know, right. Yeah. So it did, anyway, that that was a lot. So yeah, we go I mean, to the clearly Alpha transportation yeah. is not an issue. I don't know why this was such a yeah you know, logistical right. And why can't Jim and Cindy take her to the job? Like that's another option. Like yeah, yeah. Why does Brendan Brandon have to take her? Mm-hmm. You know, when he's going out, he's got big plans. So and they're like all kind of pressed for time. Like she's right. you know oh I gotta get to you know like I don't know just you never really see Jim and Cindy dropping the kids off anywhere. You don't no. no. All right, so we get to They're the algebra thing, I guess. We go yeah. to their house, and they suck. Um, the algebra kids are not good uh, at all. They're they're prick. They're um, Elliot, algebra Elliot, and algebra Lisa. Yeah, they're total assholes. <laughs> they are real pricks. So Brent, Brent is like, oh, I got a gift for you, and they're fighting over her purse candy. They they spill her whole purse. Spill the wife is a real shitbag. Yeah, real battle axe, huh? Oh my <laughs> lord, she is all over. Um, just all algebra mad algebra <laughs> mad like, what are you you're gonna wear that you know we get to go we get to make this movie we're gonna be late and you know she's kind of shitting on brenda too like and then this brat you know fucking elliot like you know being a dick on the floor with the candy <laughs> and and matt's just like oh well shucks you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's, you can tell he's kind of embarrassed but also just kind of move trying to get the fuck past they're it. very invasive of personal spaces which i mean a lot of little kids can be but it's like it's very intense with these little shitheads it's also interesting too is they kind of make it like they're rich but i guess it's beverly hills but he's also like a high school math teacher right unless right. she has some big job i guess but it's uh it's an interesting presentation that they're presented as kind of the upper upper crust of beverly hills the way yeah. they do it, she's kind of got the nice outfit on and the way she's talking and everything, you know, kind of feels like they're a little entitled. Maybe they're more like sort of aspirational trying Not to, yet. you know, keeping you up know. with the Joneses, as yeah, they say. Yeah. Good 90s look on the wife, though. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. pantsuit, swoopy hair, the gigantic scarf that goes down to her knees. <laughs> yes. So Brandon shows up late to the club, and it's kind of a baller move. He kind of triggers a riot and then sneaks behind the <laughs> Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, and then we see Dylan and Cheryl are kind of grinding on the dance floor a little bit. Um, and I don't, I don't know if we need to go that heavy from them. But this whole thing goes sideways quickly, and there's, there's some issues here, too. So yeah, it goes God. zero to 100 pretty oh, quick. Well, Brandon yeah. comes in, and Dylan, and he's like, you know, thanks for waiting for me, right? Like, you know, and Dylan's like, I, I gave your name. And Brandon's like, I guess not. But he, we never saw him actually ask he him. Never, no, yeah. he didn't. He, he didn't, just blew kind of right past he just him. blew past him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, like, he's kind of being a dick for no reason. And I get it. He's probably pissed because he sees Dylan and his girl dancing. And he's already kind of jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dylan's kind of, like, back off. But this, to me, like, also, like, I, I'm kind of pro-Dylan in this whole episode, except for this one. Oh, yeah. Like, he's really kind of dancing close with her. And he tries yeah. to play it off like it's her. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe he's trying not to offend her, but it really they made they didn't do a good enough job of showing him being like resistant to her. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll um, agree with that. In a way, I almost feel like this is. I mean, Dylan is Dylan, and he almost just can't help it, even though he's not trying to do anything. He's not trying to make a move on her, turn this into anything sexual. It's just it, he's just kind of going with the flow and give her a fun kind of thing trying to give her a good time and you know at the same time he's he's gonna he he definitely knows that that there's a limit to this but 
Yeah, and it's like you get the sense that he wasn't expecting Brandon to walk up on them right then and there like he did. Um, but Brandon is out of control here at Contact. <laughs> this is this is wild. We, we, we get, uh, uh, there's at one point we get a classic Brandon. Uh, his move when, his, when he's mad is he turns around, he walks away and talks to the person, and then throws his head over his shoulder. <laughs> keep keep tracking that throughout track the that. series. You get the hair flip uh, that goes yeah. with it. Um, uh, so he's being a real dick to Dylan. It, it feels like a real mega power situation here. Uh, where, you know, is Dylan making the move or is he just protecting her and Brandon's super jealous? And then um, basically Dylan says, like, hey, look, buddy, like, you know, she made the move on me. I didn't do shit. And Brandon punches him in the face. So this is kind of the first I mean, blow in their friendship. Like, yep. and everything's kind of unraveling on Brandon. Um, and then we go to the bar and Cheryl's drinking some fucking Sex of the Beach Blue Lagoon drink. <laughs> blue motorcycle type drink, yeah. And she just blows Brandon up. She's like, sex didn't mean shit. You're not my first. I've already done it. Mm-hmm. And he just loses his fucking mind. And the first question is, who was it with? And who did he, I, I didn't write down the name of the guy who said it. Oh, oh, I, I certainly did. The quote is, <laughs> who was you. it? Jack Taylor? He always wanted to jump your bones. <laughs> <laughs> is that Kelly's dad? I was like, they couldn't come up with another last name. Like, they already have a Taylor. They mm. can't have the same last name. Um, yeah. But that, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that was, like, nasty. So, like, she really slings it at him. And then he wants to know who. And she's like, fuck you, I'm out of here. And he's like, good, good luck. And then she gets in a cab and drives off. But and we, we, he... get a, we get a clip of him running after her, and that's from uh, future openings, I think. Yes. Yes, it sure is. Uh, the dramatic uh, run and stop um, yeah. action there. But he also slings her drink like right across the bar. It like, breaks it, yeah. Right? Like, how is he not getting thrown out of this right. contact? I mean, he, this man is an absolute maniac. Uh, I wanted to go back to the, the punch uh, that they do. Yes, I thought it was, um, So Dylan doesn't fight back. Which, mm-hmm. again, right. we got to show that, that Dylan, I, I think this is kind of a big moment where you expect him to fight back and he doesn't because he, he tries to do, there, there's instances the like they set up that, you know, again, like he's in control and he's kind of, he's, he's the cool guy. He's always the cool guy. Right. Uh, like he knows Brandon's, you know, going to re- realize later this was a mistake. He's not going to yeah. make it worse. And he knows Brandon will come around and he's just like, you know, look, buddy, yeah. like get yeah. your shit together. It's an interesting dynamic for sure, because this is maybe the first time we see uh, Brandon's insecurity around Dylan, which mm-hmm. I mean is going to come up over and over and over again. I mean, for for looks reasons, for money reasons, for charisma reasons, whatever it is, that is going to be a, a defining trait, I think, of their relationship. And at the same time, Dylan I mean, for whatever reason, wants Brandon's approval. And he's, I mean, very hurt by this and, and doesn't fight back. But you can tell, like, you know, when he, he spits back in Brandon's face, like, you need to figure out who your friends are. Right. Um, because it's like, hey, I, I've accepted you 
you know, pretty much from day one. And yeah, and he's been mm-hmm. his friend since the start. We've seen that unconditionally so far. Unconditionally, yep. So they should have they should have kissed right then. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you. You know, yeah. like it's leading up to a kiss. Yeah. So that's an intense scene. All of it. They're all out of their minds at the scene. <laughs> Cheryl does not help. <laughs> no. We go back to the the algebra home, and Elliot is. Uh, Gives the guess what? My dad has a penis. And I was trying to. Does this predate Kindergarten Cop? It does, right? Um, yeah. That later in the nineties. Oh, is Kindergarten Cop is like ninety one at the latest, right? I think it's a ninety movie. Really? I think it is. I know I saw it in the theater, and I feel like it was with my dad in yeah, December twenty first, nineteen ninety. So this does predate it. Oh, wow. By a couple wow. weeks. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, this is the original. My That's dad is amazing. Gonna this. And he's going to set up the vagina line, right? And she, Brenda cuts him off because he's yes. like, man, guess what else? And mm-hmm. she's like, I don't even want to fucking know. Um, so the doorbell rings. Kelly and Donna come in. And, uh, you know, so Elliot, Elliot gives a yank on the hair. I thought, you know, I thought Kelly was kind of a, you know, might be into that. But she, was, she wasn't. She was, you know. Yeah, maybe not from a seven-year-old. And then, then they fish out a photo album from the bedroom, and they're looking at that. And then the algebras come home, and Mrs. Algebra is like a bitch. <laughs> She's like cleaning up. Like, look, if you came home and your kids were in bed, and it's not like Brenda's throwing a fucking party, like. They're right. quietly sitting, looking at pictures on the couch. Like, yeah. but she's bitching about the movie. Like, oh, she seems like the worst person. She's like, it's bad enough. I had to sit through that bad movie. Now I got to come home to this. You know, it was like, they're literally sitting peacefully. Yeah. The kids I mean, are they're, bed, they're being like, kind of nosy, but they're teenage girls and they yeah. did what they were supposed to like, or Brenda did what she was supposed to do. Who cares? It's not like the house is a mess or like was trashed or anything. Like, I mean, like there's kids toys out, but it's like that. I don't think that was part of their expectations that the house would be cleaned either. When they got right. It. Just not a, a with these, know, shit hole. Yeah. That's yeah, all. maniac children. Yeah. This was, um, yeah, again, she, they what did not her in any kind of positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so then, uh, in a creepy moment too, algebra math was like, well, now, how much do I owe you? <laughs> like, no. like, yeah. So maybe that's why, maybe Kelly knew he was a creeper. And that's what she meant earlier in the episode when she was like, that's gross. Like, maybe they kind of knew he was creepy that. There, it's not yeah. that Brenda was into him. It's more that he seems to be creeping on 16-year-olds. He, he enjoys yeah. these transactional relationships. <laughs> right. It's uh, it's a little weird. Like, I feel like in later seasons, he makes the move on Brenda. <laughs> they yeah, weren't quite right? there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so then we get the big twist. We find out that Cheryl ran away and uh, came to California without anybody knowing. So we get a big shit show in the Walsh house because uh, the, uh, her mom calls Cindy finally, you know, desperate, and Cindy kind of tells the family, everyone's except for Brandon, that she's on the on the lam. Um, and then Brandon goes to the hotel, and we get a kind of a quick reconciliation. He kind of moves past it. He's like, where is she? And she's puking in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> And Dylan's like, get the best of And again, Dylan's giving the tough love. He's like, I'm not going to tell you. Like, you got to fucking talk to her, figure it out. Like, I'll leave, order some room service if you want, whatever you want. So, Mm -hmm. Dylan, again, being a good friend, and Brandon, you know, kind of comes in and doesn't straight up apologize, but they're kind of, they're cool. Like, you know, he's not coming at him again. Uh, And that's when Cheryl kind of unloads and talks about her family issues and her stepdad being a piece of shit and this and that. And, the Walsh family was like a, you know, her comfort food. Right. And then they left and now she had yep. nothing, nowhere to go. So she's embraced this 
other side of the tracks persona um, because that's all she has. And then Brianna says, we're going to order ice cream for room service. <laughs> we don't really get Brandon visually like apologizing or, or really like uh, show, <laughs> showing like that he cares too much about her, though. <laughs> right. I, mean, I guess he- that's that's him in his own way, but. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's a good point because it's sort of Brandon doing what will become a very Brandon thing of doing like the sympathy face without really saying the words <laughs> in connection yeah. with that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. He, he can pull it off though, Jason Priestley. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's like this sort of sad story of um basically why cheryl fucked jack taylor and we guess in brandon's yeah. absence um so sort of low stakes but at the same time we we do get some answers here in a way yeah right basically like yeah i banged him I, i'm rebelling she's rebelling right because her family situation sucks and she doesn't have the security yeah. like it anymore um so here's where we get cindy's because so cheryl basically comes home and said you know can i call home and city says the ro- the phone in our room is private and i was trying to figure out did she mean it's private and that no one else is around or is it private that they have a separate line in their in their room i i, th- I thought it was that the, it's just it's in their bedroom and there's a door that right there's no one around because it's otherwise it's the wall phone that she's using right yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Plus, consider uh, Cindy's war with the phone company from whichever episode. Was that our second or third? It was, was, was the third episode, yeah. Uh, where it was like they had trouble even like getting a phone number or something because they were new and it just, I don't know, it, it just seems unlikely that they would have a separate line, line given all their issues with the phone company. <laughs> Which, again, is maybe our most 90s moment. I don't know. So, that's that. She's calling home. We're kind of seeing like maybe we're cleaning up a bit. Uh, Brenda's complex kind of pops up here again. And she's like, why is Brandon getting the easy road? <laughs> on all yeah. And yeah. Cindy's Fair like, no, I'm, I'm mad. But what did Brandon really do? Like, to warrant Brenda being, like, he didn't know she ran away from home. It's like he was no. abetting her, right? And Brandon doesn't know yet that they bang. So it's like, I, I think this was a little unwarranted. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't see why she's like, Brandon gets away with everything. Like, what did he really do in this spot? Like he, he didn't, he wasn't in on this. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, that is true. I think I was assuming that Brenda kind of knew that they had sex, but mm-hmm. she, she doesn't No, right. I don't think really she does. does. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like, I, well, I mean, maybe she does know. I mean, sure. Well, they did have to be playing and all that. They had the music playing. Cheryl was supposed to be sleeping in Brenda's room, and all of a sudden she disappears in the middle of the night. Brenda wakes up. Like, what else could they be doing? You know, like. Yeah, but even then, it's like, it seemed like she was meant more that, why does he get away with this stuff? Meaning, like, her running away from home. And, like, I felt that's what she was getting at more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so than the sex thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so Cheryl and Brandon kind of have their come to Jesus in the bedroom. Cheryl says when we made love, it was special. 
Uh, it gives him a little bit of relief, so he's not completely miserable on the way out. You know, he's still obsessed with who who the first. Yeah. Then he then he responds by asking her who it was again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. And she's like, "It doesn't matter. Like, it didn't mean anything. And you're my first. That meant something." So Brandon's kind of getting blue balled emotionally. Um, <laughs> but we do again, and as we have almost every episode with Brandon crowned king, because Cheryl kind of gets interrupted. She's like, "I want to say one thing. I realized," and then she gets cut off by the cab. Um, but then they go downstairs and right in front of Brenda, she says, you're a wonderful lover. So, Jesus. and he's kind of smile. So we leave again with Brandon as King, even though it seemed like he was going to get left in the lurch with her on the way out. Oh my God. Yeah. It's got to end up on top. Send the people home happy. Right. So Brandon, uh, Brandon, can Brandon, you're a wonderful son. You're a wonderful writer. You're a wonderful lover. It's, Right. Every, it's, every episode has been a new one. You're a good fuck, Brandon. Thank you. <laughs> you're a wonderful lay. Yeah. Well, he saved a life in episode two, right? So like he's kind of a hero. Right. I mean, at least uh, Brenda did have some. You know, she was there at least, so she got some credit. What was last episode? What did he do last? Didn't he do something last episode? Too? Um. Oh, he uh, the he was fighting for the rights of the yeah. every man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. God. Yeah, so he's uh, he blew the roof off the uh, Good Times Looking Good yeah, restaurant. The, the yeah. scandal. Yeah, the scandal. <laughs> good Times restaurant. So he's an advocate, too. Um, activist. All right, so we finally get the relationship talk. This is a kind of a cool scene out in the basketball court. Um, and I, I know he didn't mean it this way, and it was definitely not written this way, but it made me laugh when Jim said, did Cheryl get off okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great double entendre. I really feel like they knew what they were doing. Because <laughs> he, he almost says it with a smirk. Um, and then, you know, again, Jim's kind of cool with Brandon fucking. Just a real guy's guy. Yeah. Jim Walsh in this one. Um, you know, is there, cool is there anything else you want to tell me about it? Or whatever he says. Any details? <laughs> yeah, any details? Yeah. But then, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys... Uh, you know, Tim, you're not a, I know you're not a sports guy, but Drew, I don't know if you picked up on this. Um, this may have been the lowest basketball hoop ever. Like, Jim oh, goes yes. for a layup, and he almost dunks it. He's like, like he barely yeah, comes but, off the ground. Is Brand, this like Brandon, a Yeah, Brandon dunks the basketball. Yeah, I mean, Jim like, is like head high to the, the rim when he goes in for the layup. Yeah, yeah, this, like, is, this is like you're in fourth grade and you're having the slam dunk contest so you put the the adjustable hoop at five feet or seven feet whatever it is it's like maybe because the garage is low like it had to be that way but yeah you know, that'll fuck up your shot man what are you doing <laughs> you gotta shoot yeah. that a little bit <laughs> also these actors i think are kind of um i don't want to say short um diminutive this may be the worst <laughs> yeah jim's not out there at six six you know what i mean yeah i, I don't know that these are the tallest <laughs> Robert Parrish coming out there. Although, like, <laughs> <laughs> going on? So and that Jim, wrap up. Jim's looking good though in his basketball gear. Oh yeah, definitely. He he made some strides in this episode because he struggled a bit before this. So. Yes. Um, so I, I like this episode. I, I I should say I don't know if I liked it. It was okay. Uh, it was all wall centric though. A lot of wasted space yes. to me. Um, you know, I guess it's fine for a special of the week kind of teen drama deal. But just not a lot of movement. We didn't get any. We got no Steve, one David, a couple Kellys that were throwaway. Uh, I hated Cindy in this episode. I thought she was super annoying. I'm all for her being the mom and the good mom and all that. But this was like she was kind of creepy at times, just way over the top. I didn't yeah. like Cheryl either at all. Like I found her super annoying. 
Um, well, she was kind of flat too. Like, yeah, like she mm-hmm. just didn't have much there. And I, it was I think Cheryl. Like I said, I think if Cheryl would have been like actively kind of like meddling and everything, it it would have changed the dynamic a little bit. But she just was kind of she wasn't doing anything, but she was still complaining about it all. So I don't know. Well, it feels too like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. They almost make her like bipolar. <laughs> like she's, you know, <laughs> all excited to see the celebrities in the car, and then she's miserable, then she's fucking Brandon, then she hates Brandon. Like she's well, kind of yeah, all over. I mean, the- yeah, I mean, the, she like she alludes to like a broken home and her like her main stepdad. So I don't know. It's kind of a interesting portrayal of like adolescent chaos, right? But she didn't, she wasn't that brooding or bad. Like we just saw that yeah. in, the la- in the previous episode yeah. or whatever it was two, two ago with the, what's her name? Kelly's friend. Um, like we just kind of had that, you know, with the broken home and the bad girl. So I don't know. I just, I, I just would have been better. I think if they didn't even address all that, that she just visited, yes. they had sex, but she realized maybe it's not, gonna happen anymore because they're from different different parts of the country live different lives like i think that would have been fine enough without adding this complexity of broken home the watches were her family i don't yeah. know it just felt like un, it felt like crammed in even yes. though there wasn't mm. a lot going on but it still felt crammed in well because it, it kind of turned it into like a cheryl episode rather than a walsh or even like a brandon mm. episode because there's there's like you said there's so much that you could have done with like okay brandon like had sex for the first time this is a huge moment in his life this kind of changes everything and now how do they conduct themselves after that like they didn't even go into that much like their relationship or their feelings for each other changing after that it was kind of they had that brief scene but she kind of took well, off he obviously there fell and, for her more like he did yeah oh, big feelings again right i mean he's all over at the restaurant you know, he's super jealous and protective, like, yeah, but she's like, def- different. Like, yeah, there's no like there's no play play off of that, really, other than her, like, just kind of indifference. Um, yeah, I, I will say that, um, you know, this is not a great episode, um, but for an episode that's basically it, it's a plot is Brandon gets laid for the first time. Um I, I do kind of appreciate that Cheryl kind of had her own shit going on, even though like I would not say she's a great character by any means. Um, but, but I sort of appreciate that it, it wasn't just, she's there to just fuck Brandon and go home kind of thing. Which mm. I, I mean, no, we're not going to see her again, but there is more to it than that. Right? Well, maybe should they have done and, two, even though we're saying I, I didn't like her. Would it, this have been better maybe spread if we get a different B or C plot with the rest of the gang? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then also Cheryl's here for two episodes. So in this one, maybe they hook up and then, you know, they're doing okay. And then it slowly falls apart. The Dylan thing is a kind of like a little bit of a, I guess they weren't really quite doing cliffhangers yet. So. Right, right, right. They're kind of doing it, independent episodes. It, it so. definitely feels too sort of insular. Like it's a very much like an episode in a vacuum sort of thing. Um, yeah. Well, it, I, think, it also, I think that's. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, th- I think that's what we do establish in the because this is the fourth episode. And, and so it, it does feel like uh, this is a very like teen drama of the week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. series at this point. Like there's everything's going to be wrapped up and each thing is self-contained in these stories. And there's like right. a different girl of the week and 
all that. I do think that's what this kind of has established that like they have a template for the show at this point. Yeah, and no, it's definitely been heading that way for sure. Uh, you know, I thought Brandon was good as as always, and but Dylan was awesome in this one. Yes. Um, and, and honestly, you know, the rest is kind of a wash. Other than, you know, it kind of serves to show Brandon maybe severing ties with Minnesota. Like in the yeah. beginning of the episode, he's super homesick and and missing out and and yeah. want you know miss. But by the end, it's kind of like, you know what? Maybe shit's changed. Like here's another piece of my past that's faded. Mm. Um, to push him further toward embracing Beverly Hills. So I feel like that's what this whole episode was about. It's also kind of the show's commentary on class in a way, because it's, it's right. sort of like, okay, you know, the Walsh's now they moved out from Minnesota. Like you said, we're about the high life now. And while we have shown kids who are, who have come from a broken home, you know, you talk about Kelly and Tiffany and Marianne and all these, you know, various characters it's like they're still kind of glamorous and you have cheryl who's like has those same similar issues but she's sort of presented like a piece of shit (laughs) i mean like i mean i don't know if that's intentional or if it's the show making a statement about like oh well it's okay if if you if you come from a, a broken home but you live you know this certain lifestyle, but if you're from the working class, it's sort of, uh, you can't stay on the show. Like it's just, <laughs> you don't fit in, you know what I mean? Like we're, we don't, we don't deal in, in those kind of values. All right. Let's hit our awards here. Um, before we wrap up things. So best scene, I had uh, Brandon's morning after celebration on this most poignant scene in the, in the episode. Mm. I, uh, I, I liked the Dylan and Brandon fight. Mm-hmm. scene i thought that was good i think i like the dylan and brandon fight too all right most important scene i'm with brandon getting it in of course yeah i mean gonna be a hallmark of the series uh most 90s look it was a lot tonight drew you, you chronicled a lot of them i ended up going with the the dylan's uh plaid hammer pants <laughs> it's They're hard to deny look yeah i mean that gets my vote too although um i have to call out uh brenda dressed i don't know how to put it like like a romani matriarch uh for her <laughs> babysitting gig i'm trying to be respectful like i i don't um you've also got you know andrea doesn't figure into this category a lot but we do have an opportunity here because she's got her black on brown ensemble which is like this uh black blouse over safari shorts I yeah think. like it's, gigantic brown shorts yeah um and of course brandon's like just a classic look with his his purple monochrome t-shirt with one pocket of course and and the cuffed sleeves you know it's we got to bring some of these looks back i'm telling you yeah all right, so uh, most '90s moment. I had three of them. I had Cheryl calling wow. after 11 p.m. on the on the landline. Okay. Uh, I actually had four. That Cindy with the separate phone line deal, or whatever the fuck was going on there. Mm-hmm. Cheryl getting the earlier flight easily, and then uh, this one we didn't really talk about, but Brandon, they kind of abandoned 
on the club, he can't call his friends. Like, he has no way to call them to say, oh, yes. here, let me in. Where are you? Right. He's going to find his way in the club and hope they're inside. Yeah, yeah. that's a that, good one. That was mine is is any kind of communication issue uh, that was instantly solved by cell phones. But you yeah. don't have yeah. that there. I guess yeah. that's kind of a standard. Well, well, we used to do our Seinfeld rewatch on, on the website. That was always like one of those. Like, yes. half of these episodes could be solved if there were cell phones, right? Uh, totally. <laughs> um, mine mine was uh, very along similar lines, which is um, Cheryl's parents having no idea where she is. Yeah. Yes. Like, taking it, it, it just takes days to get in touch with her. Like, no that, that would never happen. Tracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do also think all the mentions of uh, like safe sex and protection and mm-hmm. were, were you careful, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very 1990. Like, like yes. we said earlier, making sure that all the people know, like we're not spreading AIDS around. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, best lesson learned. I went with always have of, always have protection, even when you have no one to protect. Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a great one. Um. I, I put, you know, I always have a perverted slant on these lessons. Uh, don't put too much stock in your first sexual experience. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a That's good, a good one. Call. Drew? Um, yeah. I, protection was a big one. Um, some kind of general uh, listen to what <laughs> the other person is saying or uh, – <laughs> Something like that, because no one really listened to what uh, what Cheryl was saying or mm-hmm. Brandon, you know, didn't really want to hear. He didn't want to hear that uh, Dylan was saying that she was right. hitting on yeah. him. Ignoring her. Ignoring yeah. him. Uh, Maybe don't crush on your teacher when you're 16. Also. <laughs> That's yeah, not that there's anywhere, but it's just good advice. All right. Best hook up, I think, is the easiest one is uh, Brandon and Cheryl. Yes. Yeah, although, um, I mean, what could have been Brandon and Dylan, but... You know, I know, again, we were teased with that. Or Brenda and Matt Algebra. <laughs> Matt Algebra. <laughs> a, ve- a very, very great value, like a 99-cent store, uh, Ellen Thick. <laughs> yes, that's great. Let's talk to Thicks. Um, all right, so, Brandon... Uh, so, for best quote, I had three noted. And two were when Brandon's trying to trying to get Cheryl into bed. <laughs> and the first one is like the ultimate player desperation line. You just won't know till you do it. Then you look back and see how special it was. Not true. Uh, the other one was what I said earlier. There's always been my issue. Lots of protection and no one to protect. That's fine. That's mine. And, and then Jim's, uh, did Cheryl get off okay? I had to make a special note. <laughs> uh, very honorable mention, yes. <laughs> okay, well, let's also give it up to um, uh, uh, Sun Algebra. Brenda, guess what? My daddy has a penis. <laughs> yes, yes. Elliot. <laughs> Elliot Algebra. Elliot Algebra, yes. Uh, I, I did like Brandon's angry, who was it, Jack Taylor? He always wanted <laughs> to jump your bones. <laughs> That was good too. Brandon really, uh, Brandon really had the lines on this one. All right, final grade out of ten. Uh, you know, we went through our, our earlier grades when we opened the episode. This to me felt like a substantial step back. Uh, less of the supporting cast, a lot of dead scenes. Cheryl as the girl of the week was not very good. Cindy was really annoying. Um, so I went three and a half out of ten on this one. Wow. Hmm. Not a big fan. I'm 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 going uh, four. 
I am likewise going to go for while acknowledging it's not a very good episode. Um, I still found it very entertaining. I mean, we certainly got a lot of material out of it and there's a part of me that just sort of appreciates that a, a 1990s teen drama could do an episode about you know, like a kid having sex, a kid having sex for the first time. And it's just fine. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like it's, there's not really any negative consequences. Um, yes, there's some drama, but it, it's not like, Oh, now she's pregnant. Oh, now we have AIDS now. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a thing that happened. And I just sort of appreciate that for a 1990s messagey sort of show. Yeah. That's a good call. I, I do think there was also, I think the development in Brandon and Dylan's relationship was uh, mm-hmm. important in yeah, this one. A- and and it also showed uh, that Brandon is, I mean, he, you know, kind of regained his crown at the end, but it showed him as a vulnerable, uh, flawed person as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, a little bit of my grade was resetting the standard. Um, it's like we talked about it. Like, I know we got a lot of episodes to go. They're not all going to be middle to great. Right. So I had to kind of yeah. draw a baseline somewhere on, on, a, mm-hmm. on this one felt like it, you know, it was a lesser, what would be a lesser episode. So I didn't want to go again too high on this one. I wanted to kind of try to reset the curve. Sure. And sure. Th- this was much, I mean, we kind of touched on it, but th- this episode was way worse than I remembered it. I remembered it being like, Oh man, this is awesome. You know, I can't wait to do this, but, mm-hmm. um, not that great on the rewatch. All right. So that's our grades. Why don't we get to our trackers before we uh, finish off? So new characters in this episode, we had algebra map. We had Minneapolis show. We had Mrs. Algebra. Then we had algebra, Lisa and algebra, Elliot. <laughs> the whole algebra family. That should cover it. Yep. Uh, for relationships, I noted two. We had Brandon and Cheryl, obviously. And then we had uh, Matt and Mrs. Algebra. Yep. I didn't count Brenda and Mr. Algebra because I feel like they're not nothing really happened there. Probably wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, I had only noted Club Contact as the place, but I guess uh, the Algebra House we could put in there as well, right? Algebra Household, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's do our character rankings and uh, we'll total them up. So coming off of our total from after the first three episodes, we have Brandon in first place. With 33 points, Brenda in second with 26, Steve in third with 25, David in fourth with 22, Dylan coming on strong despite not being the pilot at 21, Cindy behind him at 19, Kelly at 17, Andre at 13, Jim at nine, Scott at nine, who was also not in this episode, Donna at three, mm-hmm. and Nat at two. Um, so the way we usually do this is we kind of do a consensus rank on the on the characters. Uh, you could base it, Drew. On this episode, but also factoring in previous a little bit, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to straight, you know, punish it. Like, I'm not going to bump Steve down to last because he wasn't in this, right? Like, I'm going to still factor mm-hmm. in his work leading up to this. So, uh, for me, I had a, a new number one. For the first time, I'm putting Dylan at number one. Yes. Brandon's been my number Agreed. one for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Brandon, number two. Yep. Brandon, two. Okay. I had Brenda, three. That sounds right. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, yeah. I feel not like much she competition had a, for that. Good, I feel like she had a pretty good episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a Brandon episode, but Brenda's in there. She gets the B-plot, even though it's stupid. Like, it, she's in there. It's okay. All right, so 
for me, a guy that I have not had very high yet, but he catapults up to fourth is Jim Walsh. Yep. Yeah, I'll agree. Okay. I put Steve at five because, again, his body of work has been so strong. I didn't want to punish him and cost him in the overall rankings too much. Yes, that's okay. fair. He's I, not here at all, but you definitely don't want to bump him too much more than we already have. I was really bummed that Steve was not in this episode. He's my guy. He's been so good so He's far. He's been our guy doing this, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I think, throughout this um, podcast. But yeah, yeah I, I feel bad dinging him as much as we, we have here. So I had Cindy next, but I could be convinced to put David above her based on his one scene. If you guys, are I, feeling I it. would put David above him. Yeah. Above based her, on his sorry. body of work to date. Yes. And I think if anything, Cindy takes a step down this episode yeah. coming off of a stronger. Well, we had her fourth before. So now we're bumping yeah, all the way down. That was pretty seven. strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So would you have her head of Kelly still? I would still have mm, thinking about. Yeah, yeah, so far. I don't think it's going to last, but (laughs) um, I'm okay with still Cindy ahead of Kelly by the thinnest of margins. Drew? Yes, yeah, because we just just haven't seen much of Kelly. Okay, so Kelly next, then Andrea, or would you move Andrea above Kelly? Hmm. I thought Andrea, yes, I I would move her above Kelly. I I feel like I would too, even though it feels like Andrea has taken a hit in recent episodes. She sort of started out as a stronger character, mm-hmm. and she's just kind of had feels like she's just had cameos in the last couple of episodes. Right. But I mean, she she's did still more than Kelly there. here. Yeah. She did more than Kelly, and she's still putting in. I mean, she's still putting in appearances. Um, unlike you know. Steve or Scott, who are just totally absent. It's like they're still making an effort to include her for whatever reason. Right, right. Okay, then the last three I kept the same. Scott, Nat, Donna. (laughs) Donna laughs. Maybe maybe Scott, I mean, maybe Donna goes over Scott in this, based on this. No. I I like the idea of Donna being last. Yeah, that's that's fine. fine. You know, that's fine. I want to bury her enough that she can never make it up the overall. (laughs) All right, I'm going to run the numbers for the final overall character ranking, um, and then we'll do the soundtrack. But real quick, Tim, you want to talk about anything you got going on uh, podcast-wise? Um, yeah, so so in addition to this podcast, you can find us on you can find me on our one of our sister podcasts, that being the Jenny Position, um, that is curated by Jennifer Smith, my frequent podcast partner, um, where we do uh, most notably probably over there. A Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch podcast is called The Journey Through Infinity. That also includes UJT and our friend Scott Criscolo. Uh, most recent installment of that was covering what Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Yep. So more than halfway through uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date. Keep trucking along there. If you're interested in those movies, do check that out. Check that out again. The journey through infinity on the Jenny position. Um, we also have talking pop. That's myself and Jenny and a guest of our choosing kind of just a, I don't know, variety show, um, talk show, whatever you want to call it. It's whatever we want it to be a very fun show that Jenny and I do together. Um, and, and I think that'll do it for my purposes. You can find me on social media as well. 
I am at uh, Psych68CYKE68 on Twitter. If you want to chat me up about 90210 or Marvel or whatever, whatever it is, um, can't say I'm a big sports fan. So um, I don't know why you'd want to engage me in sports, but um, that would be an interesting experience if you did. But in any in any case, you can find me uh, at Psych68 on the Twitter. And yeah, that should cover it. Drew, anything you want to mention? Uh, yeah, I am on Twitter at underscore burning spirits. Um, be on the lookout for uh, Chad Campbell and I. Uh, we have another, we should have another edition of our uh, GWCW countdown coming out uh, within the next couple weeks. And hopefully, uh, Jenny and the Gyms will be back at mm. some point on the uh, PTB and wrestling feed um and i am working on a podcast uh idea don't have a, a timeline as to when it'll be out but uh, I'm, I'm working on something but uh yeah if anyone else wants to do a podcast or something i don't know get in touch all right very good okay i've crunched the numbers um they've been run so here we go from bottom to top in last place donna martin with four points uh, right above her, Nat Pasuccio, also with four points, but I give Nat the tiebreaker. I think we all agree on that. Sure. Uh, Scott Scanlon with 12 points. Then Andrea Zuckerman with 18. Jim Walsh with 18. I give him the tiebreaker based off his strong episode here tonight. Mm. I think he's uh, had the bulk there. Kelly Taylor with 21. Cindy Walsh with 25. Coming back to the pack a little bit. She draw, uh, eh, She's kind of right around the same spot, I guess. Um David Silver with 29 points. And then our top four, Dylan McKay with 33. Steve Sanders with 33. I give Steve still the slight nod on the tie break um, okay. because of his, uh, he had the extra episode. Well, actually, I guess they're tied now, right? They've each had three. So um, they're nodded up at 33. And then the Walsh children still continue to be our top two. Brenda with 36 points and Brandon with his commanding lead uh, of 44. So it's going to be some real work. I think Dylan's probably got the best shot to catch Brandon, but it's going to take some work because I don't think we yeah. have too many episodes where Brandon's not like top three. So um, that real Dylan not being in that first episode really hurt, hurt him in these overall ranks. Yeah, no doubt. Interesting to follow the climb that I think we're going to see um, the ascent of, of Luke Perry here. And um, yeah, it's a real kind of wacky uh, character ranking we've got going on right now, just based on the exposure of, these characters and their actors what they've been given to do Mm -hmm. um so still still a lot of room here to shake things up all right real quick here are the songs that we didn't hear tonight uh dreamlike state by erasure that was when cheryl comes in to uh see brandon in his room of course in the mood by glenn miller in the it is orchestra that was the next morning uh, I Want to Be Rich by Callaway for Cheryl and Brandon in the car. So another uh, well-known song. And also another well-known song, Hippie Check by Soho. When Brandon comes to the club, uh, Contact. That's what's playing in the club. So there you go. These are four songs that we missed out on. Yes. Sadly absent on most media. All right. So I think uh, that'll do it. Is another great episode. It was great digging in, Drew. We'll get you back on the guest list. You deserve a, a better outing, <laughs> which you had here no for doubt. sure. But, uh, you know, excited for you to continue on your track, no doubt. Uh, we'll be back, Tim, in a few weeks uh, with another special guest. We'll be digging into episode five. Until then, be sure to check out everything we have to offer on the North Town Connection Podcast Network. 
Uh, there's a couple other pop culture shows like this. There's some comics-based material and, of course, a lot of pro wrestling. If you're into that, check that out as well. I'm at JT, the pod guy on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Connection. You can leave us any feedback. Again, feel free to connect with me if you're interested in being on the show. We're happy to have any new voices that love Beverly Hills 90210 and uh, want to be a part of the action. So a little dim sum, a little dense sum. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>